You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joe Casco, Mark Nortz here. We think that the live webinar has ended. It looks like that. Yeah, I think now that you go on to uh, the actual tour yourself, you go at your own pace. Um, so that's a really good thing, too, because you'll get to experience everything at your pace. And if you have any questions, you'll be able to contact admissions um, at the phone number. that It's 803-323-2191. That's 803-323-2191. If you have any questions during your tour, please make sure that you uh, you contact them and, and you get it all straightened out. Um, don't hesitate. We always tell our students, you know, um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, that's how you're going to learn. Uh, don't think you're going to know everything and get it right the first time. So um, take your time. Enjoy the tour. And I hope you got something out of the um, the testimonies and, uh, and the information from all the people that you saw in there. Um, it was kind of interesting to see Robert Pritchard, um, his house. And um, the man, he, he's a Renaissance man. He was, you know, psychology. He was art. What'd he was th- theater. What do you think of his assessment of mass communication? It was a beanbag chair and some TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, it, that's not exactly how it is. I mean, I know some people think, you know, oh, you're a mass com major. So, yeah, you watch a lot of TV and listen to a lot of radio. He was missing the popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, we don't do that. Um, and if you've got something, if you're interested in mass com, you need to go to... Um, the Winthrop uh, website and go under the MassCom department. Um, we, are, we, are, we are part of the College of Arts and Sciences, so um, check out the MassCom department. There are a couple videos that we did there. Um, one is a promotional video for the whole department, and then one is, it's kind of a little spoof. Um, it's our virtual Winthrop Day promo. We, um, we, had, we got a brand new um, new set in our studio, and they literally had just finished installing it, and then the very next week, we were done. And we never got a chance to do a newscast from it. So um, Dr. Casco and myself and our other um, colleague, Dr. Meter, we, um, we did a newscast for you. So we would love it if you would go to the website and check it out. It's only like, I think it's like two minutes, two minutes and 20 seconds. And um, we'd love to hear your feedback on it because we had a good time doing it. Um, I don't think any of us really knew what was going to happen when uh, we started doing it. We, I had a vague idea. But um, I think it turned out pretty well, and it highlights our set. The set is pretty cool looking. Yeah, if you just Google Winthrop Mass Communication, the homepage for the Mass Communication Department comes up, and those two videos you're talking about are embedded right there on the page. And lots of information, and you can click the link on Student Media where you can find out more about places like Eagle Air and uh, the student media opportunities that are available on campus, things like the Johnsonian, the student newspaper. You can find them at mytjnow.com. You can find more information about the RMR. That's the Roddy McMillan Record. That's our multicultural and uh, uh, publication that's committed to issues of diversity on campus. And the Winthrop Anthology, which publishes student creative work. So you can find out all that information there um, when you click the link to student media from the Mass Communication Department homepage. It is Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco, Mark Nortz here with you. We're going to play a couple songs. We've got a few more requests that have come in for your pandemic playlist. Just send us a message. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know your request. You can send us a message on Facebook to uh, at WU Eagle Air. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WU Eagle Air. So we want to play those songs. We're, we're going to hear an interview coming up. We've got 
Steve Dillingham. Big name. He's the director of the U.S. Census Bureau. It's a census year. He's a 1973 graduate of Winthrop University. So we're going to talk to him coming up here in a few minutes. But let's get back to the pandemic playlist. We heard from a few people. One of those people was one of our students, MassCom major, Leger Reed. She's listening today, and she really wants to hear some Whitney Houston. So, Leger, this is for you. Thanks for listening. Remember, hashtag pandemic playlist. It's Eagle Air Live for Virtual Winthrop Day.
listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco, Mark Nortz here with you today. And now we're really excited to be joined by Dr. Steve Dillingham. He's the director of the U.S. Census Bureau and a 1973 graduate 
of Winthrop University. Dr. Dillingham, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So tell us your Winthrop experience. Tell us uh, how you ended up at Winthrop and, and what it was like when you were there. Well, that's an interesting uh, question. In my experience at Winthrop, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than most people probably listening today, uh, but I attended Winthrop in 1972. I transferred in, and I was there in 1972, and uh, I actually graduated in 1973. Uh, it, it was a different institution. Uh, it was called Winthrop College, and they had just uh, approved on a limited basis to have male uh, students at the school. So I'm one of the original male graduates of Winthrop. That's pretty interesting. We just talked to someone who graduated in 87, and she had mentioned how much the campus had changed. So just think about how the changes you would have observed being there when uh, when Winthrop went to co-ed. That's very interesting. A- ab- absolutely. And uh, uh, it, it was very interesting. And, and males were not allowed. You know, there were no housing or or extracurricular activities or even sports for males. And uh, so it was a much different environment. Um, I, in some classes that I that I took there uh, it, uh, in several, I was the only male uh, student in the class. Well, looking at your your bio and and your resume, um, you have certainly had a super impressive career and super impressive list of education accomplishments. You've been director of the Bureau of Justice Statistics, director of the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. Um, Just talk a little bit about your career and, and some of the things that you've done. Well, um, it has been a very interesting career and a very varied career. Uh, you mentioned those uh, those other statistical agencies. I'm I'm the 25th director of the Census Bureau, and I'm the only one that had uh, experience uh, heading up other statistical federal statistical agencies. So uh, that uh, uh, certainly uh, created my interest as I got to my my current uh, uh, position uh, with the Census Bureau. But uh, it's uh, I have uh, I actually uh, needed to count the other day, and I think I had about I've had about 30 jobs since I graduated from Winthrop, give or take one or two. I'm not sure which way it goes. So uh, it, it has been a very interesting time. And uh, a lot of the jobs that I had, though, they were with sometimes the f- same departments and agencies. Uh, most of them was public service. And I, I developed a, a strong interest in public service when I went to Winthrop and in the study of, of government and uh, and public policies. So uh, I've, I've searched, I've, I've sought out different opportunities uh, uh, in public service. And uh, so, you know, it, it seems that on average, about every year and a half or every two years, I would change responsibilities. So I've been through a half dozen federal agencies. I've worked for the Congress, gone to the private sector uh, a few times, and uh, as well as I was an administrator of a, uh, a nonprofit organization. Dr. Dillingham, you're you're talking to two guys, and you're making us feel a little bad about ourselves because the other day we made a YouTube video. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, Dr. Dillingham, um, I'm just really curious. I mean, with with your background and everything, what what started it? How did you get um, uh, interested in in statistics? Well, I, I've been interested, as I said, I've, I've had varied interests, but uh, a lot of it has uh, involved research and data. 
And uh, again, the interest in public policy, I, I guess I was probably an early proponent of what sometimes people call data-driven policies or at least evidence-based policies. So when, when my interest in policies were to always study and get the best available information and to help formulate uh, the views, and, and that's carried over into my, my public service. So working uh, in primarily for the federal government, uh, there were some other opportunities when I was actually teaching, but uh, when I was in the in my service presently in the federal government, we always try to uh, make sure we have the best available data that can inform the decisions. And there's no better place than the Census Bureau where we produce the nation's most data, and I, and I would argue the most valuable data for the nation. And, uh, and among that is the, is the decennial census. So you've been in your position now at the Census Bureau for about a year. What, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's a little over a year. I'm counting the days here. It's, I'm approaching a year and a half, and uh, it's a it's it's an exciting, very interesting uh, agency. But every ten years, it gets even more exciting. Uh, they call it the uh, the decennial census. This year, the 2020 census is the largest hiring that the federal government does since World War II, and it happens every ten years. So we're going to be hiring more than a half million part-time workers in addition to the thousands that we have already. And uh, the this census has been a very interesting and challenging one in many different ways. We have new technologies. We've had new issues, everything from legal issues. And now we have the uh, coronavirus issue that we're wrestling with. So it, it is a, a very uh, exciting opportunity and experience here at the uh, the Census Bureau, and uh, I, I'm very honored to work with the career professionals here. They do a fantastic job. Uh, the agency has such a, a a great reputation and and much talent. We are actually one of the larger institutions uh, in terms of the numbers of PhDs that we have. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco and Mark Nortz here with you, and we're speaking with Dr. Stephen Dillingham. He's the director of the U.S. Census Bureau. He graduated from Winthrop University in 1973. You mention it being a little more interesting this time for the census because of the pandemic. What kind of concerns do you have about maybe the shutdown affecting or or limiting or making people less likely to respond to the census? Well, that, that is a, a great question, and that is a question that I'll be addressing in about uh, uh, less than three hours, actually in about two hours, with a congressional committee. So we're actually having a briefing uh, to the House Oversight Committee, and it's usually about uh, maybe three dozen uh, House members. And those are the questions they're presenting to us. They would like to know what are our current plans, what are our challenges, what are our needs. Uh, and uh, th those are uh, very uh, uh, important topics that we are planning. And I can tell you that uh, less than a week ago, the, uh, the president and others announced a new plan to reopen the nation, and that has really resulted in us going back and adjusting our plans. And so the last week has been uh, long days and, and nights and meetings each and every day, um, numerous meetings uh, with our senior staff and others to formulate the plans, how we can do it safely uh, for the American public as well as for our employees. So there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, and those plans we'll be discussing today. 
Well, we really appreciate you let us know before you let Congress know. We feel really <laughs> honored. It's really interesting. And I guess my question is all the all the technology people are using during this time to connect with each other. When you meet with Congress, I'm assuming that's going to be virtually. And, and tell me about how technology like Zoom or um, Google Chat might be implemented to keep the census going while we're at the during these stay at home orders. Um, well, there is a lot to it, and we are having a uh, – uh, we're meeting by, by, by phone today, um, and we are looking into virtual hearings in the future. But this, this is a, the nature of, of a very important briefing, um, and there are different um, technologies that we employ. You mentioned one, though, that uh, uh, the federal government received guidance in the past week that we cannot employ that uh, particular technology that you mentioned uh, for for some uh, security reasons. So uh, in our systems, we do have this the new technology with the census that we're using. And one of the biggest issues has been uh, the protecting the system and cybersecurity issues and and um, and and a lot of, you know, potential uh, threats and uh, um, misinformation, et cetera. So we we uh, we have some very talented people that work on that. But uh, working with Congress as well as our stakeholders, a lot of our activities in the near future will be virtual until we uh, have a situation where we can have the interpersonal meetings, uh, which right now is, is not a time to do that. Okay. Normally, um, Steve, you know we would we would be. Um at Winthrop Day, and we would be talking with students and everything, and um, and finding out like what they're interested in and why they would want to come to Winthrop. Um, if you could tell us, like you know, what 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 would you tell a student who's thinking about a career, you know, maybe with the Census Bureau or or something to do with with data analysis? Um, what would you tell that student? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. We have uh, we've had at least a half dozen Winthrop graduates. Uh, some have moved on, a few to other agencies. But I think we have uh, maybe six currently and two of them that I've worked directly with. One very important position who is working on what we call our non-response follow-up, that is managing the census takers across the nation. Another is in the public relations business, and she works with a uh, company and has been very helpful in a lot of our outreach uh, activities and events. And uh, we... we, uh, but we have put, had to stop those events, and, and, and hopefully we can resume them uh, in the future when it's safe to do so. So we, we are using Winthrop Talent. I encourage, I did see recently where Winthrop uh, started a new major in data science, and I think that's fantastic. Um, at the Census Bureau, we have created new job categories for data science. So that's a perfect kind of a uh, major that would help with uh, anyone interested in coming to the Census Bureau or another statistical agency. When we first got you on the phone, you started to tell us a story about being in Alaska to count the first person for the census. Tell us that story, if you would. Um, There's so much to it, but uh, it was a very adventuresome uh, thing that uh, is a tradition. We actually began in January in the heart of winter in remote Alaska to count the first person because people, uh, particularly uh, tribal populations and other in Alaska, uh, are confined to their houses. They really cannot get out. It's a frozen environment. And so I flew in and uh, uh, in a very small plane when the weather finally permitted us to land and uh, went to count the first person. I can't identify the person because that's uh, protected uh, by federal law. 
But uh, I got on a snowmobile and went to the house of the first person to be counted. Uh, there was press in the area. They weren't supposed to watch me to see which house I went into or who it might be. But uh, word leaked out. Uh, there has been coverage of it. But it was, a, it was a, quite an experience to go in and to speak with someone and go over the census, which only takes uh, less than 10 minutes. Uh, and it was a, a native Alaskan that spoke a different language. And that person, when I finished, you know, we talk about trust, but the person looked up at me and in perfect English said, thank you. And uh, it was really, for me, it was very emotional to see the trust and the support we had. And on the way, I, I got a notice that I had to be at the plane in five minutes because of this snowstorm coming in. And we stopped by the village school. And all the people in their native costumes and with native foods uh, and with native music were celebrating the 2020 census. And uh, so it, it, it was it was it was a wonderful experience. And I made it back to the plane in time to take off uh, with 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 almost no visibility. And uh, but we also had uh, a lot of uh, the evening before we stayed up all night and and did some satellite interviews uh, around the nation about the first count. So that's how we got started uh, in in January in counting the first person. Wow, that's a pretty cool story. One last thing to ask you about: we've we've been talking to people about their favorite music that they've been using or listening to to kind of escape or distract themselves during these troubling times. Uh, as a music station here at Eagle Air. Do you have any recommendations of things we should add to the pandemic playlist that we're we're building today? Well, I, I'm sure you've done a great list, and, and my music goes back to the 60s and 70s. So whatever music that people find to be relaxing, I think this is the time, especially when they're confined at home and in, in social distancing, they, they listen to their favorite music, and sometimes it is tied to a certain time period and for me, I, I appreciate the music of the 60s and the 70s uh, uh, from the Beatles and others that uh, I'm sure your listening audience is aware of, but uh, that, that predates them. Well, I, I think we've uh, talked to a number of different folks, you know, faculty, alumni, students, staff. And so we've gotten uh, a broad range of interests and genres. And certainly uh, the music that you hear on Eagle Air actually spans seven decades. So... Uh, we do have a pretty diverse catalog. Do you have a favorite Beatles song that you might share with us? Um, I, uh, I I think I like I like them all. Uh, I, I think I like uh, uh, "Here Comes the Sun," and uh, so even even when the Beatles broke up, I I, I uh, liked all the music uh, of, of of all the the Beatles. So uh, um, I I think that that "Here Comes the Sun" has a certain. Uh, uh, meaning for me that that I enjoy the song very much. I've always kind of been partial to Love Me Do. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I, always liked, I always really liked that one. Dr. Dillingham, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And um, good luck with the Census Bureau. Well, well thank you. And, and uh, thank your listeners. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, continue the great news there in Winthrop. Uh, it's a great, great school and a great opportunity for those that uh, choose to go there. We can report there's two more people here in Rock Hill, South Carolina today. So, uh, oh, terrific! <laughs> we're, we're in Johnson Hall at the in the Eagle Air Studio. So, thank oh, you so much. We really fantastic. appreciate it. Thank you. 
That was Dr. Stephen Dillingham, director of the U.S. Census Bureau and a 1973 graduate of Winthrop University. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. to WINR Eagle Air, the Beatles with Here Comes the Sun on the pandemic playlist of Dr. Steve Dillingham, director of the U.S. Census Bureau and a 1973 graduate of Winthrop University. Joe Casco, Mark Nortz here this afternoon for Virtual Winthrop Day. Yeah, that was a fascinating interview. Um, he had so much information, and it's nice to know that um, he's thinking of Winthrop students. Like he said, you know, they've had um, some intern there. And that, that's a great opportunity. I mean, if you're, um, uh, you know, into statistics, you know, economics, whatever, I mean, what a place to be. And that was a great story about, you know, going to Alaska. That was and, cool, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, we never really think about that. When he was telling that story and he's like, well, we start early and it's January. And I was like, man, if I had to go to Alaska for the census, in let's January. start in August. <laughs> yeah, in January. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. What an impressive guy, though. I mean, you look at... 
we were really impressed when we looked at his resume oh, of all absolutely. the degrees he holds, and Winthrop yeah. is just where he got his start. Yeah, he's even got a, uh, his JD. JD, doctorate, MBA. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, he, he's just very, very humble about it. it. It's very matter of fact, like, oh, yes, I have all these degrees. You wouldn't know it, though. I mean, he is just so focused, though, on what he is doing. It, it was just a fascinating conversation. It really was. It really is an impressive list of people who have graduated from Winthrop University. We'll be bringing you conversations with them throughout the day here for Virtual Winthrop Day here on Eagle Air Live. Joe Casco, Mark Nortz with you. And here's a list of some of the people, of course, in about uh, oh, 10 minutes, 8 minutes or so, we'll have Dr. George Hine, our new interim president, with you this afternoon. We'll give him a chance to introduce himself to the Winthrop community. But we're also going to talk to Chad Steele, the vice president of communications for the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to speak with Bob Crawford, who plays bass for the Grammy-nominated Avett Brothers. We're going to speak with Dr. Chris Bennett. He's an emergency room physician at the Harvard Medical School. And uh, what an impressive list of people who started here. It really is. Here. It really is. And I think um, what you're going to find as you listen to the rest of these, um, these interviews we do throughout the day, just how um, plugged into Winthrop these people still are. Um, they they just said there's something about it. And we were talking earlier, you know, like we were asking people different Winthrop stories. And just about everybody has a story about what drew them in here. And um, I'll never forget when I got hired, um, I interviewed with um, Dean Deborah Boyd, Dr. Boyd. And um, she said, we have a saying here. She goes, you don't find Winthrop, Winthrop finds you. And I really think that's true. I really do. I think Winthrop just naturally attracts that kind of person, um, that kind of uh, professional, which benefits our students. So incoming class members, you got to know that. You've got to definitely know that. And if you've been accepted to Winthrop and you know you're coming in the fall, congratulations. We're happy to have you. Welcome to Winthrop. If you're still thinking about it or if you haven't yet applied, there's still time to do that. Just go to our website, winthrop.edu. Our admissions folks are working remotely. You can get in touch with them. You can give them a call anytime, 803-323-2191. You can email them admissions at winthrop.edu. And if you go to the website, right there at the top of the homepage is a link for Virtual Winthrop Day. You can take a virtual tour of the university and uh, get to know everything you need to know about Winthrop. Yeah, that, that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, if you're just tuning in, um, Virtual Winthrop Day, you, you can take the tour and you can do that at your own pace. Um, there's different modules on the webinar, um, and you can spend as much time. And I, I think it'll work out great, too, um, for parents. Um, parents can also get an idea of, of what to expect when, um, when their child um, does come to campus. And we always say do. Um, prospective students, we just think are, they're our students already, aren't they? I think they are. Um, so, yes, check it out. Uh, and also, too, you know, we, we've got to be shameless about this. You've you got to go to the MassCom website, too. Um, and like we were talking earlier, we did a couple of videos of our own. We are professionals here. And that's one thing you'll find out about all of the departments is the people that teach in those departments, that's what they did for a living before they got here, which is great. Um, so you're learning from people who have actually done it. So check out our videos. Let us know. Like, you know, like Joe said, give us a shout out on, um, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Let us know what you think. And send us those song requests. Hashtag 
pandemic playlist. You're listening to WINR Eagle Air broadcasting from the campus of Winthrop University this morning and the station of Eagle Air here on Johnson in Johnson Hall. And we heard from CJ Jackson listening in Casey, South Carolina. He really wanted to hear a song on his pandemic playlist. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Anton When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars Well, I know I had it coming I know I can't be free But those people keep them moving And that's what tortures me I'd let that awesome whistle blow my blues away. 